0: And I think a lot of creators, like that's the business you're in. You have yourself as a solo person, but also your channel itself is, you know, a business. That way I was like, okay, I'm going to try to just really invest in podcasts and interviews with like high production. So, you know, I flew to Puerto Rico with a complete crew to do interviews with Jake and Logan Paul. Those are my first few interviews. I really believe that like you got to sometimes invest and spend to give the audience a, a look into where you're headed.
1: Welcome to the Unique Genius Podcast, the show where we interview some of the top creators out there and we explore how they've taken their unique genius, their knowledge, their passion, their expertise, and turned it into a thriving business so that you can grow one of your own. Our guest today, John Ushai, known for working at Instagram and YouTube, turning that into his own business where he's known for cracking the code on how to go viral. All right, so John Yushai, host of the show Admazing. <laughs> no, that is it <laughs> like analyzes years old. ads from atrocious to admazing. <laughs> you did your research. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I bring it up. I mean it's not that hard research. I look at the <laughs> oldest video you produce. So four years though, and you've gone past four hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. But the reason I bring the amazing thing up is uh, experimentation. Like you seem to have a real experimental mindset, you know, trying things, figuring out what works. I know you've advised people to do it. What's your thoughts on experimenting? Oh,
0: to me, it's like coming up with a good piece of content is like testing the MVP, the minimal viable product of a startup. You got to package it in a way that you get enough of a response. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, with that format, I was like, okay, is this something that people are interested in? And there was an initial interest, but nothing like what we're seeing now, which
1: is why I ultimately decided to pivot right and so when you find things that work do you rinse and repeat you're looking for new new all the time like how's the creative I'm, process on that
0: i'm looking for a vessel i'm looking for a template like yeah. we just um launched our newsletter and i was like you know there's a lot of newsletters out there but i'm a big believer in just like something visual and and illustrating and, and putting out like cartoons so each newsletter that we put out has a like brand new illustration where i've hired like some of the best illustrators from the new yorker from the economist and we put it out there i'm like okay that is like a container, almost like the New Yorker for creators. But mm-hmm. as a concept, it got a good response. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to continue with that, put in new cartoons every week, grow, get a response, and then grow. Rinse and repeat for
1: that. Uh, but again, packaging matters. So it was first it was an experiment, yeah. played with it, worked well, let's run with this more. And that's mostly, i seen it on LinkedIn, right? Yes. Some of the, okay, so is that focused on that channel?
0: I, I like to be like multifaceted with it. So like I would put out these cartoons on LinkedIn. I had a newsletter, but I was like, oh, you know what? If I just put it out and there's enough of a following on LinkedIn that resonates, maybe I should repackage it as email. Maybe I should put it out as tweets. So um, now it's like on all platforms, but the actual text that goes below, like we have an entire deep dive. For what the cartoon is based on is an email,
1: and you're across a number of channels. YouTube being your biggest, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, how do you think about audience building? And like, there's a lot I want to ask you about how you run your business. Yeah. But yeah. Just given who you are and how fast you kind of accelerated into audience building, and be remiss to sort of not talk a little bit about how you see audience building in general. And
0: there's this great quote from Jay Z where he says, "Like, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. I'm a business man. comma man." Gotcha. Right. And I think a lot of creators like that's. The business you're in. You have yourself as a solo person, but also your channel itself is, you know, a business. Um, so when I left my job at Instagram to become a creator, I was like, I, I'm starting a business. I'm not just becoming a creator. That way I was like, okay, I'm going to try to just really invest in, you know, podcasts and interviews with like high production. So, you know, I flew to Puerto Rico with a complete crew to do interviews with Jake and Logan Paul. Those are my first few interviews. Um, and uh, I really believe that like, you got to Sometimes invest and spend to give the audience of a, a look into where you're headed mm-hmm. right and I obviously not everyone could do that like I saved up a lot mm-hmm. during my jobs because I was like I'm gonna put my chips in I'm gonna try to do this um, and show people like okay I'm only at ten thousand subscribers, but I'm willing to invest just wait till we hit hit a hundred just wait till we hit four hundred and and that's right. where we're at now
1: amazing and I know you're upping the game and level in terms of very quickly, the guests you're able to attract people you're able to talk to. I heard, you know, rolling with Mr. Beast. (laughs) Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I'd love to hear about that if there's, if there's anything you can share, but also just like, as people are getting started or earlier in the journey, is it, is it just that you built the audience and now you can attract the right kind of guests?
0: I think it comes down to two things, timing and partnering. Mm -hmm. Uh, so with timing, People are more likely to say yes if you hit them in a promotional cycle. You know, Mm -hmm. everybody has a project, a book. um, They're putting out something and that's the moment where I find they're doing their interviews and they're more likely to say yes. Uh, So one great trick I found is like I like to go set a Google alert for Mm -hmm. a dream guest that I have. And then I pay attention to the news cycles. And as soon as they have something launching, they're starting to do initial press. And I get the Google alerts about them. And then I figure out, okay... Do I have an existing relationship with them from my time working at YouTube and Instagram, or um, do I know their publicist, or can I find their email and then I send a outreach and say, "Hey, congrats on the upcoming launch of Blank. That here's a bit about me. Who I've interviewed. I'd love to interview to help amplify Blank." So mm-hmm. I, I show it as a give, mm-hmm. and then obviously when you sit down to talk to them about whatever their project is, you can obviously go into a much like deeper history of like how they got there, the mm-hmm. background, like what's interesting not just to them but to the audience as well.
1: Okay, and and any that stand out for you in terms of being able to make contact with or whether it's interview or just working on it at that point? The Liza
0: Koshy one was a great one because um, she barely gave any interviews at that point. And that kind of mm-hmm. goes into my second part of like partnership. Like I was speaking on stage at an event for YouTube and Liza was one of the other speakers. And I was like, you know what? We're there. We're both like in wardrobe, like ready to go, camera ready. So if I make this ask and I book a studio, I booked a studio like five minutes away from the YouTube event. Mm-hmm. Um, could I get to a yes, you know? And, and we also like uh, just got to know each other and and uh, she, she and her team were just so awesome. So I basically like, you know, asked her. And then also the other part of the partnerships is like I'm able to like write for Forbes and I've been able to write for publications like that for many years now. And so I try to package it as part of like a, hey, um, we're already here. I'm going to book a studio. I'm going to make it easy. I've had these other guests, mm-hmm. but also I'm going to write an entire deep dive, a written piece about it. So mm-hmm. it's like an entire like give of like you get video, you get social assets, you get a traditional media piece, like all these. I'm trying to you know just really s- serve a, up a home run for
1: them, make it really easy for them. And so, what order do you do that in? You get the, book the place five minutes away. You're making the ask in person, sort of in the green room. No, 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 no. no. I definitely, did definitely that ahead, of time, ahead saying, of time saying I know we're going to be time. there. Yeah, I know we're, we're going
0: to be there. Ready. Yeah, I know we're going to be there, and. and uh uh, I hop on a call with the, like her team, or like usually like if gotcha. um, there's like a big guest, like I'll try to do a pre-call with them, or at least get on them on the phone and be like, "Hey, what 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 would make this interview a win? Like, yeah. what are the things that you're trying to cover?" I, another question I ask them is, um, "How do you feel like you're most misunderstood?" Interesting. I'm, I'm not trying to be like a like um, I don't know. Gotcha. I'm trying to be like, okay, no, let's talk about the truth. And if you're not things- interviewing
1: Nixon about Watergate <laughs> or something like yeah, that, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, yeah.
0: But we will dive into like with Liza, that example, like I th- I looked at a lot of her comments. I'm like, a lot of people are wondering why she stopped uploading on YouTube. Mm-hmm. First question.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. But that was also something she probably wanted to put out there. Yeah.
0: But in the yeah. framing of like, you know, thinking about, okay, there's so many other things she's trying to move to- towards traditional media. And she had this great part at the end where she was mm-hmm. talking about wanting to be on Saturday Night, Night Live's. You know, she has a lot of aspirations and she, I feel like wants to be understood as like this voice actor who's in the Transformers franchise, this actress mm-hmm. who's now, you know, uh, directed, scripted and done a lot of her own work. So I, I feel like there's a lot of interesting questions and ways we could navigate this conversation. Huh. What's the thing that's going to be most interesting and relevant for them, as well as the audience to make for a great episode?
1: Right. So on that note, I'm kind of curious why you do what you do. Oh, oh yeah.
0: why I do what I do on, yeah, on YouTube? What's the
1: mission? What's the vision? Why? Why? What drew younger John Yushai to this path? Right. Like what led you here?
0: I think a lot of reasons, the biggest of which, you know, my parents immigrated from Iran, like Mm -hmm. left during the revolution of 79 shortly thereafter. Um, And like many immigrant kids, you see those like set paths of like doctor, lawyer, real estate agent, you know, yeah. (laughs) Um, get a degree, get get a a degree. Yeah. Get on your way. My, my parents were very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I didn't see a path for like, oh, wait, how, how do I uh, get a degree in this like level of new media and digital mm-hmm. media, which was just starting out when I was just graduating college. And I'll never forget, I ran first class president. And I saw all these other candidates like making these like serious pamphlets and like mm-hmm. giving these speeches. And I'm like, I'm going to make a video on the site called YouTube. And I put out this rap video to run for class president. Again, I've never done it before. I'm like a cross country kid coming from public school in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, so I put out this rap video, um, ended up getting elected, reelected, did that for four years. And I'm like, wow. Uh, and use. You
1: understood people in marketing from a pretty early age. Yeah.
0: I think, I think there's an intuitive sense of that. And just like, why why are people doing this? I I feel like this
1: is a more fun way to do it. Mm -hmm.
0: And just being able to communicate with the class, put on events, like bring that community together of like 2,500 students in my Mm -hmm. class um, was one of the best educations. And that was outside of the classroom. So I was like, why why isn't there an education inside the classroom for people who want to use video? Um, And then I ended up getting a job at YouTube and I was like, oh, my God, like people aren't realizing all this stuff that's happening before there was even any sense of the phrase creator economy going on. Mm -hmm. I was seeing it on the ground level. Um, So that kind of built the seed of like, I want to do this as a job and I want to try to educate
1: other people who are trying to do it, too, because it's not there. Interesting. Yeah. So you took advantage of it or it, it helped you. Then you got involved in it professionally. And now you're thinking, how do I help others get into this and, and educate them? Yeah. Well, and,
0: and and at that time, it wasn't as clear as it is now. Like, OK, do it through content, mm. do it through like products, courses, all of those things. It was more like, how can I do it by building products at YouTube? Or I, I haven't seen too many people who have worked at one of the platforms and, and then worked on another platform and then gone on to, you know, be a creator to try to inform Other folks. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of folks who have either worked at one or, you know, there's a lot of folks who are creator educators, but I was like, there's an opportunity for somebody who's been on the inside to go to the outside and um,
1: share what he's learned while sharing trial and error. Well, thank you for doing it. We love it. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> at least learning they could do it. it. Yeah. No. Any anything specific takeaways from there that you're like watch for these things, or here's what a few things you've noticed from the. I know you've shared lots in your channel, so people can check you out there. But
0: um, I think the biggest thing is I like to say there's two types of creators. There's uh, Stephen Colbert style creators and James Corden style creators. Yeah. Folks who have seen my channel or seen my talks at different events have mm-hmm. probably seen this, but um, I think Stephen Colbert is all about monologue, desk bit, you know, very set. Very um, little experimentation. He definitely does, but not as much as James Corden, who, right. if you look at his channel, so many formats. And like mm-hmm. we may know, carpool karaoke, or spill your guts, or fill your guts, which is like his truth or dare. But there's many that bombed. Right. So I think if you like look at how many formats he had, and then you look at how many followers and subscribers he had relative to his peers. Like we're not mm-hmm. comparing like a late night talk show in a studio to like you know um, uh, single solo YouTubers, but
1: it's, still it's easy formats. Formats, experimentation, big time. So I am curious how you think about business models. Obviously, being a successful creator or just a creator generally, there's so many business models, whether it's AdSense or um uh courses, or you've talked partnerships, how do you look at business models how do you decide which ones to pursue is it the same experimental approach you take for formats or
0: i think about it in three ways one it's like services and consulting then it's like sponsorships and advertising and then it's your own products and courses the first bucket greg i feel like a lot of new creators don't really think about uh Mm -hmm. which is like services and and like for me i was like okay i'm leaving a corporate setting I'm going to figure out how we can bootstrap a channel that requires mm-hmm. like production and investment. And the way I know how to do that is by offering marketing help. Right. So a lot of our, our money in the first days of us building a creator company was consulting and um, uh, marketing services mm-hmm. to, to other uh, companies and brands. Then as we started getting views is sponsorships and brand deals. And now as we have an audience, I'm like, okay, I've offered a lot of value for free.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How can I take it up a notch for a best in class course for creators? And um, and that to me feels like the most natural extension because it's me working directly with the
1: people who are consuming my content, which is education based. Right. It's an interesting way to look at this sort of three categories. I haven't seen it laid out quite that way. It makes a lot of sense, right? You got the services. It's easier to start right there. You can offer it on day one with like even one person who knows about you as a client, instantly have revenue from it. Then you've got ads, which is sort of a natural add on Mm -hmm. possibility or sponsorships. And then on the course or having your own product, I mean, the nice thing there is you have different metrics measures in terms of margins you can make right because it's yours yeah so often you can generate more revenue from that Mm -hmm. um how do you like on a measures of success when you're evaluating your business what do you look at um actually those
0: those different buckets have like different ways to measure success consulting we tie to whatever the kpis
1: of the company is so Mm -hmm. like what are their metrics and what did they define success as? So they could come in and say, help me sell this product and you just, how many do we sell for them or how many how many of of an audience do we build for them? Or Or it's like a campaign. It's like, okay, are we trying to drive awareness this campaign Mm -hmm. or is it an
0: internal metric? Hey, we're trying to figure out how to reposition like this part of the company, this Mm -hmm. product. Like how can we like do that? Companies have brought us in to help give feedback on their product roadmap. Yeah. So how can we give more clarity to the engineers about what to build and what's actually useful for creators? Mm -hmm. Uh, So that one is always tied to the companies. Sponsorships, like that one is like links uh, or clicks on the CTA links, um, views and awareness. So right. like really the funnel. And then courses to me, it's like I want to think about like how many people who enter the course mm-hmm. leave with a business um, uh, or at least have the tools to do what I did, yeah. you know? Um, because I really think like the person I'm trying to target for this course is somebody who may be working a job and trying to navigate that exit and that transition or somebody who's starting out, but it's not quite working or somebody who is, it, it is
1: working. And I'm like, okay, here's how you take it to the next level. That's great. I love that you're looking at the success that of how have you helped someone yeah. achieve their outcome? Yeah. Cause obviously you focus on that and they get their outcomes and everything else will happen for you. Right. Like they'll That's refer people, they'll repurchase, they'll come back, they'll be happy with the whole thing. So it. yeah. it's a great way to focus on the customer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to. I mean,
1: I got to, I know no other way. Yeah, yeah. And on that front, I mean, why do you think there is, you kind of mentioned earlier around higher education or or conventional education. Like, why do you have to step in and do this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I find that, like, I don't know, it's so crazy, but um, I'm continually surprised that
0: um, universities and colleges, like in higher education, do not offer curriculum to help educate people on how to make a living using digital media. You know, in the past three years alone, YouTube has given $50 billion to creators, you know, on their platform. And then you think about how much more money has been made on TikTok, Instagram, and all these other platforms. Like, I, like, who am I to like pick a bone with Harvard of all places? But like, yeah. I, I do because I look at their curriculum I'm like, okay, they offer classes in folklore and mythology, you know? Folklore. Yeah. Folklore yeah. and yeah. mythology. Yeah. And, and Which is I'm, cool. I mean, I'm not hating yeah. on that, but I'm <laughs> like, if if you're offering curriculum for that and you see how much of a demand there is, like the number one most requested, most desired job right now for young professionals in Gen Z is becoming a YouTuber right wow. everyone has talked about yeah. that study like ahead head of astronauts doctors mm-hmm. um, so why wouldn't you have curriculum it's Finance, a big enough consulting. industry yes oh yeah. big time and I'm like it's not even the person on camera it's the person mm-hmm. around the camera mm-hmm. you know if, if they call are you open to sure, being yeah. a professor yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah as long as I continue making videos yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be great
1: <laughs> John teaching at Harvard that's right yeah mm-hmm. yeah.
0: but uh, yeah so I, they're they're kind of like the. Um, it's, uh, I say this tongue in cheek but like I see Harvard has about 2.3 mm-hmm. million subscribers I have 400,000 my yeah. goal to try to get more subscribers in Harvard, yeah, um, and hopefully, like, like once that happens, like maybe they'll offer a curriculum, or mm-hmm. maybe there's something that
1: again, it's crazy. Who am I to yeah. talk to them? But uh, I feel like
0: it sends a message that, like they should offer curriculum and I
1: really believe that. Well, you're building at a slightly faster rate given how long you've been around versus them trying. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have a chance yeah, with, of crossing with, that with, line. Yeah. The resources <laughs> I have put together and
0: working with you guys and doing it on your platform is just something I'm super excited about. Cause then folks can like take it on their mm-hmm. own pace, but still have me involved and just mm-hmm. make it a really just, modern learning experience yeah nice. yes yeah. yeah
1: and as you're going and achieving this these levels of success have you started building a team or are you have you added anyone else of, of course others involved in you oh yeah we have a 10 person team yep so my
0: my thought was okay again if i'm going into this i am going to try to build a team around mm-hmm. the process and i'd say one of the biggest like just Wins, I was having my wife join our team as my business partner, my manager, almost my Kris Jenner, if you will. Yeah. And she just like um, manages all of our sponsorships, contracts, like logistics. She's taking a look at, okay. We spent this much on, on a video and then what was the return in terms of follower growth as well as AdSense and sponsorships, right? right. Yeah. My wife, like Amanda, has been just a huge part of the team awesome. and what we're doing. And
1: 10 total on the team so far. Yep. How do you think about, you know, when's it time to add the first team member Were you at a certain revenue level you're like, or is it just, I need this task done and I'm not good at it or is mm-hmm. I'm doing way too much of this? How do you think about adding team members as you go? I
0: think about... Um, bringing in team members on a trial basis to start Mm -hmm. off the ways of hiring differ based on operational roles versus creative roles. Mm -hmm. So creative roles, like an editor, or like now we brought an illustrator to help with the cartoons for the newsletters. I want to know that they could bring something 80% of the way of like what I'm envisioning because Mm -hmm. nobody will perfectly give you what you want or what's in your head. Right. Right. But Mm -hmm. if they could get it 80% of the way there. Yep. And they have a good attitude, um, and they're coachable. Then I think you could get them at least to ninety-five. I don't know if hundred is possible, mm-hmm. but you can't grow if you try to do everything yourself. So with like editors, like one thing I like to do is like when I put up a job listing, mm-hmm. Greg, I um, I always write the description. Then I I literally put in a line that says. Uh, yeah my favorite food is avocados anyways this role will require you to like uh you know take footage and Premiere pro and uh, final cut mm-hmm. uh like you have to have proficiency in premiere pro and final cut and then like in the questionnaire I'm like take a guess at what my favorite food is <laughs> yeah and then it's people, a quiz like, it's a quiz did you read it yeah did you read it and most yeah. people are like I don't know potatoes and yeah. I'm like okay throw that out huh because I'm like they don't have good attention to detail interesting
1: and and Business comes down to the details and especially creative. There's a clear requirement there. You're looking before you bring these people on that they've sense. got attention to detail and that's across all roles. All, all roles. Yeah. yeah. And also okay. like,
0: I really believe like, can you communicate mm-hmm. clearly over email and discord or Slack, whatever the communication mm-hmm. channel is. So if you're trying to make a point, can you break it down to clear sentences? Cause to be a clear writer is to can be a clear thinker. Can you simplify it? Huh. 100%. So one thing I do, and if folks who are listening to this are trying to hire somebody for an editor or mm. a creative position put in a question that like, you know, you have to read it to answer. And yeah. that could be like related. It doesn't have to be avocado. Sometimes I ask, yeah. uh, and my favorite YouTuber is Mark Rober and whatever, right. and then I'll be like, guess my favorite YouTuber. And if they're uh, like, you know, they say something else, I'm like, ah, okay, no attention to detail there. Gotcha. The other thing is I try to just give footage, um, like raw footage mm-hmm. and be like, here's a video we've done before. Here's kind of like the, the 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 way I want this video to look. And don't give too much direction. Right. Because I'm trying to see, can they take it like mm. as far as possible by themselves? Yeah. Um, and then when that first draft comes in, I'm like, okay, can they take revisions well? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's kind of like a step-by-step process of like how we hire on the creative side. And the operation side is just um, similar, but it's like more critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Do they understand the industry um, are they quick to learn hmm. all those things
1: And in building that team, it sounds like you have some ideas around who's a fit and who's not. Do you yeah. have core values within the concept or that like are really important to you in building this?
0: Uh, yeah, you- I think one of our biggest uh, core values is that um, like d- like success compounds mm-hmm. you know so there's a lot of times where I will obsess over a few frames of a video. The way this graphic shows up is like just not the right transition when the person is talking. So one of our big principles and values is like, um, how we do something is like how we do everything. Mm-hmm. But also I, I fundamentally believe and this is another one of our big values is that education can be entertainment. There yeah. are fun ways to talk about things like, and that mm-hmm. example of like Colbert versus Corden, like I could have said that in so many other ways. I could have just been like, have multiple formats. Okay. Have fun. I guys. feel like it's that's like, what I would have done. I would have <laughs> been
1: like, let me get in front of a whiteboard and just teach you like lots of formats. <laughs> just, you know, whereas yeah, yeah you get the, the real example. So People instantly can identify with it, recall it, which is also storytelling. Which exactly. Is another great way, bo- yeah. way to hook them in. Exactly. Yeah. It
0: gets people, like I build the story mm-hmm. and then I keep referring yeah. back to it in the seven tips. You get the entertainment, you get the education, that education continually mm-hmm. draws from
1: the um, story mm-hmm. from the beginning. Great. So as you're, you're building this team, you've got people working on everything from editing to you've actually got um, illustrators on the newsletter. Yeah. How are you thinking about AI? Yeah. And and I also want to say like, I'm still super involved in all
0: this. I really believe like hiring a team is a way to scale, like uh, just how you have ideas and the qualities Mm -hmm. of those ideas. When it comes to AI, I take a similar approach. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the biggest tools that we're using right now is Opus Clip. And what they do that's so awesome is you could take your YouTube video, put in a link in, and it'll generate a bunch of shorts from that YouTube video with a title, description, and a virality score.
1: It's telling you how viral we think this will be. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: So, so uh, like, it's just one of the most practical tools because I'm like, it takes something that creators should be doing, but mm-hmm. it's so time consuming that not enough creators do it and mm-hmm. making it easy as putting in a link and getting an output. And it even like, it like takes parts of the videos like, okay, this is the most interesting hook based on the words that they're saying and puts it in huh. front of the video and then puts the rest of it behind it. Um, mm-hmm. and then you could also like make fine tune editing. So you could change the subtitles to be in your branding and all that. So, um, we use those for our shorts and to identify shorts and then it also helps because some of the shorts that do really well we use if we put it out before the interview for the intro so oh
1: that makes sense right you test the shorts and you're like this is what people are interested so that's your hook at the start yeah yeah we try to build that into like uh just a really
0: compact like teaser Mm. to what you're going to get into the interview or what question we're going to answer
1: gotcha You mentioned something earlier about your role in product marketing. And um, I think a lot of people, product marketing is a little bit nebulous. I know even for me working with lots of product (laughs) marketers, it's like, what exactly is that discipline? The way you described it, it it sounded a little bit more like research. Like you're almost starting from the market by talking to YouTubers to understanding what the needs and opportunities are, feeding that back into building a product. And then that creates the opportunity to market as opposed to just Engineering team handing you something they've built and you marketing it. Yeah. Um, which I think is maybe a misconception sometimes around product marketing. So that's, I, it, is that, right and then you know how do you apply that in what you're doing today because it actually sounds similar to what you're doing in terms of learning what people content want producing it and that creates a market for you
0: yeah it's it's both ends of the spectrum um and i think a lot of like product marketing depends on the relationship of the product marketer with the product manager you know Mm -hmm. and i always try to have really close relations with them with the engineers with the designers like Mm -hmm. i remember when i was at youtube i fly to zurich where Mm -hmm. we would have like the team who builds youtube studio builds the creator tools like at that Mm -hmm. time they're all based out there um Mm -hmm. And just having good relationships with them. So I could be like, hey, this is what I'm hearing on the ground. Mm -hmm. Or more importantly, here's like user studies we've done that say, Mm -hmm. hey, this anecdote is actually not just one-off. It's an entire Mm -hmm. trend that we're seeing from creators. Or this Mm -hmm. is a big opportunity of alternative monetization Mm -hmm. happening off-platform that we should bring on-platform. Because AdSense shouldn't be the be-all, end-all. So Mm -hmm. diversifying that was a big... But no, there's definitely times where like this product's launching. It's a mandate from the executives Mm -hmm. from the C-suite saying this is what we want to rally YouTube around or Instagram around. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you position it? How do you market it? Who are the hero cases? Who are Mm -hmm. in those initial videos? What does that campaign look like? So it's Mm -hmm. definitely
1: both sides of it. Cool. And interested in building your own products. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I don't know how much we could talk about here, but I'm also excited for, um, I know part of our partnership is not just building a course together, but building a product that could help people put a lot of that education into use. Yeah. Uh, And I just have so many ideas for products. I'm like, why doesn't that exist? Yeah. Or, well, that exists, but it's such a crap use case that I, I feel like we can make it way better. Um, yeah. And I can't wait to work on that as well. And just, uh, yeah, because I know a lot of people not only have courses on thinking but they also build products with you guys and the opportunity to work with you guys and, and you know, have that resourcing to build products for creators. Like I'm, I'm stoked about, because I think that's another just way I think we could flex our muscles.
1: Is there a big problem you're looking to solve there? Thumbnails, yeah. Thumbnails,
0: titles, ideation. Like I feel like a lot of times like people, they get, so down the funnel when most creators still face the problem of what video should I make and Mm -hmm. how should I package it you Mm -hmm. know if you solve those problems um and you make that more efficient just about everything else will start to fall into place of course there's a lot of nuance with like how do you get those brand deals how do you get bigger brand deals etc but
1: but as a starting point it's the ideation and the packaging meaning in part the thumbnail or in a big way oh yeah 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 big time we know that's critical for youtube Oh yeah. It's like
0: it's almost like if you're making a movie, you have to design the poster before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to some YouTubers who spend more time on the thumbnail thumbnail, I think, than they do on the video. Like they I, produce that first and then they go shoot. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: And even I have like this thing I like to call my thumbnail hall of fame where yeah. I just have some of the best thumbnails I've seen from my time at YouTube and, and from now being a YouTuber and I just yeah. keep that as a reference point. And um, actually my talk at Vid Summit, my my uh presentation went into like what are the categories of great thumbnails, what boxes do they check. So yeah, I tried to look yeah. into that before we, you know, have a video go out. Amazing.
1: Yeah. So uh from full-time career in, you know, quite successful in um big tech companies, were you glad you took the leap? Uh it was definitely hard. Like it was <laughs> the hardest decision I ever made to leave.
0: A job I love that paid well, that I I, I really enjoy being around the colleagues and I loved being around the mm. people I serve like I mean, I I went into my roles at YouTube, and Instagram for the same reason I left them because I love like working with creators and being mm. around that space. But at some point, like I bet a ton of people who like, work in the NBA front office they want to mm. go on the court too and see if they could ball, you right? Know? Yes, yeah. <laughs> They want to see yeah. if they, you know, they're either gonna like. Oh, so you were looking over the fence with a little envy? Oh uh, no, I wouldn't say it was envy, but I was like. I want to I want to just try to pick up the ball and maybe I'll get dunked on. Yeah. But I I want to be in the, on the court in the I wanna game. I want to be on the court. I want to yeah. be in the game and and um and I think about like again like Amanda and I getting married and having a kid. I just wanted to look at our daughter and, and not be a coulda woulda shoulda father.
1: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I love um, that. <laughs> I'm almost a little reluctant to ask this, especially given how sort of mission-driven these things are, but you lived in tech where things like investment, VCs, exits, and, you know, when we were at, uh, I think, VidCon, there were people talking about creators who've actually sold their business or taken on investment or done secondary where they're still a co-owner, but now someone's put a bunch of money and they've had basically a liquidity event where they've taken money off the table. Is that something you think about at all in the future? I know that's probably, you're still in, like, build, build, grow mode, but how do you think about that, or is it... Now I got a mission. Who cares about that Um, stuff? I don't I don't I I don't
0: know. I'll never say never. I I just feel like my boss is my audience right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and like I want to be able to do whatever I can for them without Mm -hmm. like making it complex with like other stakeholders, like like, you know, needing to like answer to other people. And if I'm just thinking about the audience and I'm thinking about our team and I'm thinking about the content, like that just simplifies the process. So I don't know, a lot of these folks who like take on other investments and all that, I'm like, did they need it? And and if they did, what's really been the return of like that? Like, I don't know if we fast forward five, 10 years down the road. and Maybe they're scaling even faster. I, I don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm too early in the process to answer that. I
1: think there's nothing wrong with taking that approach. Yeah, and I yeah. love how audience focused you are yeah. and in like service and, and helping them get into really what you're doing and learn from what you've been doing. Yeah, trying, yeah. trying. Yeah. 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 So with your experience, I mean, you've got this amazing experience of Instagram, being at YouTube, seeing uh, what's working, um, having your hall of fame of thumbnails, <laughs> right. But seeing also what's working for you and now building a product around this, what, what can you share with us about thumbnails and how to think about that? Like, I feel like a lot of
0: people like don't think about how to come up with ideas that have a visual component. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I'd say very tactically people can do if they're trying to figure out what's the next idea I make for my video or for like a TikTok or Instagram reel. Um, I like to use Quora and Reddit for that. Because, Quora and Reddit Yeah Which okay. which I, I know a lot of people Don't put in the same conversation As like mm-hmm. making a YouTube video But here's why I do I think great content Solves popular problems mm-hmm. You know And if you're trying to figure out Like what to make content about Go look at where people Are asking questions So if you mm-hmm. look up Subreddits for your niche Or you look up Just type in your niche In Quora And then filter by questions And then filter by all time You can see the most Popular questions People are answer,
1: asking Relate to your niche I'm going to use this This is great <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then. <laughs> I used to be big on Quora, but it's been a long time. I know, but, it's been a uh, minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So people no, like. This is great.
0: So then I'm yeah. like, oh, wow. Okay, so I put in creator economy. I put in YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it really puts in perspective. I'm like. People are still curious about how to grow, how to have better ideas. So, like that's where I'm like, okay, I could focus a lot of my course or my education around that. Mm-hmm. A few questions about brand deals, monetization—that's still important. Mm-hmm. But um, by and large, if you look at where people are asking questions, and you create great content to answer those questions, mm-hmm. and then you could also use Google Trends and other search results, you'll start just the precursor to having a great thumbnail and great video, which is having a great idea. The next part is, okay, thumbnail. What's mm-hmm. the visual? How do you how do you go through that? One, just always, always, always have a catalog of references, right? If you look at, like, the Mad Men era of, like, advertisers, like, kind of like Don Drapers of, yeah. like, you know, uh, Madison Avenue back in the day, they always had this thing called a swipe file. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of this term? No. no. No, a swipe file is basically, a, back in the day, like, a lot of top ad execs would go through magazines and if they ever like something that, you know, they wanted to basically adapt later on, they would rip it out mm-hmm. and put it in like an old cabinet called a swipe file. Okay. Right. And then you look through it for inspiration. Exactly. Kind of, and then yeah. the next time a client comes in, we're looking for a campaign that looks like that. First thing they do, they open up their drawer, they open up a swipe file and they look, they're going through all mm-hmm. the stuff to swipe. You know, and oh, like steal. Swipe, yeah, but steal. but you gotcha. know, it's in yeah. the way that you would steal, like an artist, not or swipe adapt. left yeah. or right. No, no, no. Yes, yeah. yeah. Good distinction. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. great clarification because yeah. it's um, yeah, swipe means something different today. But for them, it's like swipe, like yeah, like um, you know, again, uh, stealing like an artist. So they would have all these magazines, things that are torn out. Mm-hmm. The modern version of that is if you're trying to be a YouTuber and you don't have a swipe file of great thumbnails, then you're starting from scratch every time. Mm -hmm. And the way to build that and the way to rip out pages of a magazine today is next time you're on YouTube and you click on a video from a creator you do not know, take a screenshot of the thumbnail before you watch the video. Because they hooked you. Yes. Right. There's something there because over Mm -hmm. time you may click on a Mr. Beast video, Ryan Trahan video because Mm -hmm. of brand affinity. Mm -hmm. I like their past videos. I'm going to click on this video.
1: Right, which doesn't tell you their thumbnail is working. Yeah,
0: though they have great thumbnails. Mm-hmm. The real art, I think, is uh, finding thumbnails that you clicked on when you
1: know, understanding of who like the creator Because I was going to say, you know, just look for heavily watched videos that would imply it but if Mr. Beast got a heavily watched video does it mean that he could put out a black thumb like just an all black screen yeah. and people would probably actually yeah. that might be a good thumbnail or, but. <laughs> or, or like he could put up like a photo I know his yeah.
0: videos like hi me in five years hi me in 10 years is just like a photo of like it's like a still image you know mm-hmm. uh, but yeah they could break the rules more easily yeah so I yeah. like to apply but the one it.
1: that hooks you that you've never watched yeah huh. big time
0: Okay, so then I've been doing this for a long time. So I have this uh, Hall of Fame of like, I, I, I call it a Hall of Fame. It's like my Hall of Fame of like all these it's like your thumbnails. your swipe file? Yeah, it's my swipe file. Uh, and if ever, anybody wants it, you could just DM me or like I have it like in my Discord. I'm happy to share mm-hmm. with anybody who reaches out. But in that swipe file, I found there's like um, a bunch of different themes of mm-hmm. thumbnails that you see. One is like transformation. One mm-hmm. is wealth. One mm-hmm. is uh, comparison. And then I also study movie posters because you mm-hmm. think about the way those are set up. Yeah. <laughs> Entire art departments of studios have gone into trying to figure out what a good poster will look like for a movie, you know? And you could think about the composition of like a John Wick uh, movie poster, even like Star Wars, how they do it. There's lessons you could apply there to your own thumbnails. And then the other thing which I got from actually interviewing um, people who worked on Mr. Beast's thumbnails and worked Mm -hmm. with a lot of these top folks is, is it clear? Is it concise? And does it have three or fewer elements to it? Three or fewer elements, yes, clear yes, and concise. Yes, Yeah, so I find that like if you have like a face, you have maybe they're holding up something and maybe you have text, that's enough. As soon as you start having more elements or more faces or like th- it just overpowers people who are scrolling and have that nanosecond- And they're looking at something 100%. this big anyway, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, and then the last part of that, I like to call the 50% rule, mm-hmm. which is when you're putting a thumbnail up You know that uh, when you go on Chrome and you see that uh, like the magnifying glass and the three dots icon in the drop down? Yeah. Anyway, you could minimize your entire screen to be 50% as big as it is normally. Right. Yeah. And you should take a look at how your thumbnail looks there. Or you should take your Photoshop like Canvas, shrink it down to 50%. Why? Hmm. Because that's the way the majority of people will see it on mobile and there'll be a lot more clutter. A lot mm-hmm. of people, like I see, they're like editing their thumbnails on they're like
1: giant, like, you know. But no one's seeing that. They're getting it at 50% mobile size. Yeah. yeah. And do you, how much do you, do you, experiment much with thumbnails? Oh my God. Yeah. If, if, if people follow me on my social media, I will put out
0: a B test of like questions of like. Do Before you, like this? you post the video, yeah. which yeah. one makes you click. Yeah. And which nice. titles. And if you, in my discord, we also mm-hmm. have an entire part where it's like, hey, roast my thumbnail. And other people like can put it in there. So I'll be like, do you like this thumbnail image or this thumbnail image? And which of these four headlines do you like?
1: Amazing. And wow. I find
0: that's good marketing too because yeah. if people are invested in the journey of the content creation, I feel like they're more invested in the output of it too.
1: So if we think back earlier in your journey, what did you struggle with the most or what's been through this journey? What's been the biggest struggle for you? Cause a lot of it sounds like it's come, sounds like it's come easily for you and oh. it's easy to look at your success now and say, Oh, easy for him. He came from YouTube instantly. Uh, he's gotten here, yeah. but it's been a journey. What's, what have you struggled or what's been the most challenging or difficult? For the you?
0: biggest struggles have come and Amanda, like my wife is like pointing these out and that's why she's such a good balance as we've built this mm-hmm. team. I sometimes I spend way too much on a video. You know, like I will do so many revisions. I'm not, I'm not even kidding, Greg. There's been videos we've had 28 revisions of,
1: Wow. you know, and I'm versions, like 28 versions, 28 full versions, full versions.
0: Like, try again, try again. Yeah. I'm so obsessed with like, just let's make the video perfect. You know, yeah. I, if I'm going to interview something, I want to make this the best interview they've done, you mm-hmm. know, show a different side to them. If they mention something, there's an infographic or a graphic. Mm. And then Amanda's, uh, Amanda will look at the cost like, do you know how much you spent on that last video? <laughs> if we tally up the, the amount of money you spent on the videographer, the amount of money you spent on that set, because you yeah. wanted it to look extra like... The graphics, the, the animation, the, the, the graphics, the animations. And I'm like, oh my God. So I definitely struggle with like the... Let's, do you cap it? Is there a budget or how do you... I don't know that we're ready to have a budget, because I'm like, I'm not going to put out something that isn't as amazing as I think it could be just because it, like we ran over budget. Mm-hmm. But... The system we put in place now is that um, we have a number of hours for each video. Right. And my editors have to let me know when we're at the halfway mark Mm -hmm. and when we're nearing 10 hours before the final mark. Gotcha. Because then I find like I could, if I know where we're heading. You'll dial in your complaints or or your tweaks. My edits. Or I could be like, you know what? I really wanted to do that, but I think I'm going to do this. Get in the final hours and Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's still going to be great. And really I have to ask myself, what edits am I making for myself versus the audience? Mm-hmm. What form of perfectionism is just procrastination? Right. You know? Yeah. So thinking about that is
1: like definitely a, a, a like, continual
0: struggle that I think about.
1: Yeah, and I think for others listening like keeping in mind you've got 186 videos now on YouTube. So clearly you are not letting your perfectionism get in the way of delivering something, right? Like you're, it, it you're can't. I you will I... ship it <laughs> in, in time. Yes. It might feel like it to you, but the point like I do think some a lot of us creators suffer with perfectionism, especially yeah. producing something like a course where unfortunately yeah. I have seen people spend a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and nothing delivered right, to customers, right, right, nothing right. on YouTube, nothing right. going out whereas like you're you've put out 186 videos so you're, you're, you might wish you were moving even faster, right. but you're not really letting it slow you down to the point of stalling out of or course. not delivering or not publishing. No, no, hundred percent. That, that is like our biggest thing is like, are we uploading consistently and being mindful of costs? Yeah. 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 Well, John, A, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with Likewise. you. Super excited to see what you do next. Likewise. And, uh, I know you're totally just getting started. Hey, so. well, I'm, I'm so glad to just be working
0: with you guys and just uh, to be on your show. And uh, I can't wait to see where our future conversations take us as
1: well. Thanks so much. Of course, man. (laughs) That was an amazing conversation with John Yushai. I know I learned a ton. I hope you did as well. Our next episode's got some amazing insights. Check it out.